Welcome to the SeaTrade Maritime Podcast. You're listening to Marcus Han, editor of SeaTrade Maritime News. Today we are talking with Adam Kent from Maritime Strategies International about the outlook for the shipbuilding market in the second half of 2023. I started out by asking Adam whether the tail off in new building orders that were seen in the latter part of 2022 continued into this year. Well, interesting enough, uh, it very much depends on what quarter you put under the microscope for this year. If we look at Q1 2023, uh, Q1 2023 recorded the most contracts that we'd seen in a single quarter since Q2 2022. The the growth there or the volumes there were the uh, the age-old favourites, container ships and LNG. Uh, there seems to be a insatiable appetite for ordering large container ships uh, and LNG, and that certainly uh, started the year off. Q2 of this year, we did see a reduction in ordering volumes uh, for many sectors. Not LNG, I might add. We saw a very similar number of LNGs ordered in Q2, as we saw in Q1, around 20 ships. Uh, fewer or less uh, container ships, uh, but that's not to say that we, we expect the container ship contracting binge to, to stop. We do expect to see more uh, container ships ordered over the course of, of this year. And uh, we understand that there are large orders still waiting in the wings to be ordered in the second half of 2023. As we've talked about tankers, that's certainly a sector that we're starting to see a pickup. As we've already mentioned, uh, that's coming from very low levels and is focused on a lot of the sort of LR2s and some of the sectors that uh, have been doing well. The one other interesting fact about uh, the shipbuilding market over the course of uh, 2023 already is that uh, half of all orders have gone to China, which China is sort of surpassing Korea almost on a regular basis now in terms of taking volume on. But delivery dates are increasingly getting pushed out. So I think if you know if you want to order a, a large or a sophisticated vessel now, you're potentially going to be looking at a delivery date somewhere in 2026, if not 2027. So that is increasingly becoming an issue in terms of the timeliness of deliveries, and we think that that could also be putting off some potential orders that would be waiting in the wings otherwise. A couple of interesting points to pick up on, though, actually. Um, I think there was a bit of conventional wisdom towards the back end of last year that you know, so many container ships and LNG carriers had been ordered of larger sizes that there wasn't really much capacity left until like, you know, a sort of 2027 delivery kind of thing. But it sounds like that isn't putting people off. No. I mean, there's a few factors that, that would pe- put people off ordering tonnage at the minute and we know that it is having speak speaking to some of our our owner clients uh, that that longer delivery time the sort of higher prices and also the the uncertainty when it comes to uh, new technologies and fuels uh, that certainly hasn't been the case in the container ship market as 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 you rightly say Marcus and I think there's a number of reasons why that is one is obviously because the container ship industry are are sitting on rather large war chests and have done exceptionally well over the last few years and are sort of reinvesting in what they know best. They are, of course, closer to the end consumers, so there's lots of pressure on 
the container ship industry to sort of decarbonize quicker than perhaps we are seeing in the tanker and then in dry bulk sectors. Uh, we also have things like the European ETS that will be coming on line over the course of the next few years that will obviously hit a lot of those larger liner companies or they will be affected by that potentially a lot more than a tramp owner that can potentially avoid coming into places like Europe so it's not putting the container ship industry off and I think on the LNG side there just remains a lot of interest in LNG as a transitional fuel and with you know plans of regasification and increased volumes coming out of places like Qatar, there's still the market at least perceives a demand for, for new tonnage within the next sort of five years. Okay, so you've still got the, those demand factors there. Um, the other thing you mentioned there was that you know China sort of right now sort of taking that sort of fifty percent of the market on a on a regular basis. We've actually seen you know the reactivation of yards in China like what what's formerly SGX Dalian is now Hengli Heavy Industries. You know, are we going to see more yards sort of coming back to meet this demand? This is a, an interesting point, and it's one that uh, we've effectively been banging the drum on for, I guess, the last 10 years since we saw the mothballing of a lot of shipyards. We've always said that, you know, when the, when the time is right, when uh, ordering volumes increase, when prices go up, we expect to see a lot of shipyard capacity come back online. It's rare that shipyard capacity gets bulldozed and totally disappears. It sits there, the physical capacity sits there and is just mothballed. And it can take around 6 to 12 months to reactivate. So we, we've recorded around 10 yards, we think, that have come back online over the course of the last year in some shape or form. Now, a lot of those yards aren't ramping up to sort of the sort of pre-2020 sort of levels that we, we saw them perform at, but uh, they are coming back along. Some, some are sort of just dedicating themselves to block building rather than full vessel constructions. But I think the, the interesting part about shipyard capacity at the moment, alongside the, uh, the, the new yards coming online, is how little we've seen in terms of new orders going to the Japanese yards. Uh, Japanese capacity, we do think, is still underutilised. Only around 7% of all orders this year have gone to Japanese yards, and those have been mostly dry bulk orders, and generally dry bulk orders have been quite low this year. So there's still more capacity that could be bought in online in, in Japan. But more broadly, we think that we will continue to see shipyard capacity come online over the course of this decade. I think, as Tim alluded to, I know we've seen a lot of orders for container ship and LNG over the course of the last two, three years, but we will see significant orders for dry bulk and tankers as we sort of move into the second half of this decade, both from a, a regulatory compliance perspective, but also there are a lot of ships that are now over 15 years old, are scrapping candidates that will increasingly become either uneconomical to run or regulatory pressure will, will force these vessels to be scrapped. So, yes, we do think there'll be more shipyard capacity to come back on stream over the course of the next two, three, four, five years. Okay, so that's kind of the longer-term picture and that need for that capacity and it coming back on stream. 
just to sort of round out the the shipbuilding and, and and this episode what would you see as could you give our listeners an idea of what the outlook would be for the second half of the new building market yeah i mean as i alluded to in one of my previous answers we do think there's more container ship orders to come uh and i think a lot of these are waiting in the wings have already been concluded but uh, haven't been reported yet so uh we're actually forecasting some some significant volume to container ships be ordered in the second half of the year. Again, most of these will be dual fuel of some shape or form, whether that be methanol or ammonia or LNG. Uh, tanker orders will continue to increase compared to recent history. Uh, but as Tim also said, there's still this big disconnect between the the earnings within the tanker industry and the volumes of contracting. Historically, they have been relatively well correlated. Uh, that correlation has broken down, and, and we think that uh, that we do think there will be uh, an increase in orders in the second half of this year. Uh, interestingly enough, we're starting to see the first signs of offshore uh, vessels being ordered. That that's something that we've been monitoring quite closely. Uh, the offshore markets have been performing quite favourably over the course of the last. 12 months or so with a higher oil price environment. Uh, there are now owners within that space that are looking at offshore assets and ordering those. So we expect to see those begin to tick up, not huge volumes, but to begin to tick up. But as I say, I think the new building prices are certainly putting some owners off ordering. We expect to see new building prices continue to be relatively high over the course of 2023 and into the start of 2024. In 2024, we expect to see new building prices uh, soften just because fundamentally we expect to see more vessels being delivered than are contracted. That then reduces yard forward cover and new building prices will fall consequently. So some significant numbers of, of vessels to be ordered for the rest of this year we do expect to see something of a tail-off into 2024 while the sort of industry adjusts to a new new building price environment and perhaps there's a bit more certainty when it comes to the alternative fuels for uh, dry bulk owners, for tanker owners to uh, really sort of enter into the new building markets with a, with a vengeance. That is all we have time for on this episode of the Sea Trade Maritime Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, make sure you subscribe on the app of your choice to never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. <music>